0: Ephesians 4 there in front of you what I'd like you to do is because a lot of the time we when we do talks or when I've done talks I just kind of tell you what the passage says uh, rather than us looking at it together so I've printed it out because I know sometimes we use the bibles and the thing but you can't write in those this is sometimes what I do if I'm looking at a bible study or preparing a talk or looking at a passage and trying to understand it I've uh, widened the margins you'll see so there's lots of space to the side and I do that sometimes to kind of highlight and draw in and write points in so both pages look the same so just make sure you start on page one Um, and i'm going to read through it slowly and what i want you to do is um um mark on the page either around the letters or in the margins wherever you want uh with a few different symbols um so you go on to the next slide there isaac so if you just write a question mark about stuff that you don't really understand or don't guess or why is it saying that um circle words maybe that you think are important or ones you're drawn through uh to and then the heart is kind of bits you really like about it so draw, highlight um, as I read through it, just particular points maybe that stand out to you. It's from the NIV um, version. <coughs> I'm just going to read through it and then I want to just kind of talk through the passage and uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions as we go through it as well. So has everyone got a page that you can see? There should be enough. There's more here if you need one. So uh, feel free to yeah, scribble on the page as we go through it. So I'll read through it slowly. Um, So we've, uh, Ephesians 3, uh, 1 to 3 has primarily been about um, Paul reminding the church in Ephesus who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And he kind of goes on now to talk about, well, this is how you should live in response to that. So as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of the minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for you are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, and it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption get rid of all bitterness rage and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you hopefully you've scribbled some things down um, i'm going to talk through us uh, talk through a little bit give you some questions if there's stuff kind of towards the end that we haven't touched on that you'd like to bring up Please do. I'm not promising I'll be able to answer it, but maybe together we'll be able to discuss it, and God will work kind of um, through it. Um, We've talked about and we see in this passage, that unity is possible because of Jesus. Um, And it's unity that we have with God, and unity that we have with each other, created by God. I think uh, the picture, I suppose, that I think of is... um, when Jesus has been crucified and the curtain is torn in two and that we're reunited with God face-to-face um, because of what Jesus has done. Um, the curtain is torn and our unity with God is restored, but also unity within the church within Christians is restored. Um, it's used regularly throughout the book of Ephesians, so it's mentioned in kind of chapter 1 and 2 as well. Um, but we see it in lots of other places as well. All the way through the Old Testament, uh, we see it. <clears throat> right from the beginning, Kind of God um, called... Uh, people together um, to be united under him and throughout the old testament we see this and uh, if you go right back to adam and eve in genesis we see that the world was perfect but adam and eve decided um, that their will was more important than god's will they said my will be done our will be done not yours and as a result of that we saw brokenness and death and disunity and suffering all creep in um, and the unity that Adam and Eve had with God was lost. Um, they made a choice to try and be God and to pursue life without God. And then we saw disunity um, come again. And because of Jesus, we see later on, he restores that unity that we can personally um, have with God. Um, I think unity is quite a strong t- theme all the way through the Bible, um, as God continues to pursue and desire to be in relationship with his, with his people and uh, for his church. Um, At the start of Ephesians, if you have on your phone or if you want to look at a Bible, um, I'm just going to touch on one or two verses. But at the start of Ephesians, it's very clear from what Paul writes that what he's talking about to the church of Ephesus isn't just a simple, look, be united together. But he's actually um, talking about something much bigger. He's kind of saying, he greets the church. He says hello to the church. He reminds them who Jesus is and what he's done for them. But then he says in the middle of Ephesians 1, he says that you've been redeemed by Jesus. You have been forgiven and you've been shown grace. But then it says that um, he has made known God's will, which was purposed in Christ. And what is that will? To bring unity to all things on heaven, in heaven and on earth. So while the kind of primary um, intent uh, of this part of the passage does kind of concern ultimately what will happen when Jesus comes again, that there will be unity and the world will be perfect again. We see in Revelation that there will be no crying, no more suffering. That's ultimately what's going to happen. But unity starts... When Jesus, um, dies and is raised again, unity starts there. Um, I have a little, you want to the next slide there? Uh, sorry, done that. Connected. So, unity is started in the past. It started with Jesus, Jesus' life as he talks about, um, us, um, in relationship with God, him bringing about that. But it also is something that's going to come. Like, you look around the world, and as Peter said, if there's 50,000 different denominations, um, and there's lots of infighting between churches, it's not like unity's here. But unity has been established, but it is also a future hope uh, and a future desire. So something that's established in Jesus, it is going to be something that will be completed when Jesus comes again. But we're in the middle where unity still exists, and we have a role in uh, making that um, happen. Um, And when it talks about heaven and earth being united, that's an amazing picture of the world being perfect again and as i said in revelation of this picture of complete unity where the lion lies with the lamb um amazing thing of different people and um, being together weird people not weird people um black white catholic Protestant, whatever it is and um, being united together so it's it's first achieved through what jesus has done it's ultimately fulfilled when jesus comes again but we're kind of in the middle of that and i think sometimes we think we can try and create unity. So we do Christian Unity Week. We have these things where we try and work together, but it sometimes maybe can be quite superficial. Um, but we're not the architects of unity. We're not the ones who have unity and we make it happen. Um, it is something that has already been established. Jesus has accomplished that. So it's not about us making unity and trying to be united and put on superficial, um, superficially uh, looking like we're united together. But uh, unity is established, and our role is to maintain it and to uh, make sure it happens. Um, so, if we look at Ephesians 4 on your page, on the first page, if you look at verse 3 there in Ephesians 4, it kind of backs this up what it says in Ephesians 1 about it being something that has been established, but something that will. So, if in verse 3, it says that we should keep the unity. So, keeping the unity means that it's already pre existed, so it already exists there. It's a base, it's created by God, it's from where we begin. Um, but then if we look at verse 13, it says that we will, all, um, <clears throat> we will all reach unity in the faith. So it is something that we're aiming towards. Um, it is a goal as well as something that has been established. Um, and it will come in its all its glory where things will be united and we will be singing the same song and loving each other in a, in a real way. Um, but so it's not something we create, but it's something that we can kind of pursue, maintain um, and allow to happen or at least not stop. A lot of the time we recreate disunity. Um, any thoughts on that? Any, um, on kind of the fact that it's been created in Jesus, it'll ultimately be fulfilled, and unity being a really important thing in between? Um, you see that, that verse there, uh, verse 9, when he ascended on high,
1: he took many and gave gifts
0: to his people. What does that mean? I knew someone was going to ask that. <clears throat> I'm not sure, I wasn't really concentrating on that bit but uh, it's obviously talking when he, he goes to heaven and he goes below there that he went to hell uh, first um, but then broke free of that the captive bits am not sure, on the gifts of the people is that I suppose he gave, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, is giving gifts to the people to, to serve the church be united, and we'll look at how important that is for us to, to use our gifts to, to use those in order to create unity, I'll come back to you on the captives with there. What about a question? A question uh, for you. Do you think we can experience God's love without unity? Truly experience God's love without unity? No. What was the other thing? Okay. So you think, so you think, if there's disunity, you can still experience God's love? Jay, we're going, Ma. No, no, I don't think it's that because I don't think, yeah, unity is, is ever going to be the same. Okay, well, here's another question Do you believe Adam and Eve had deeper unity with each other and with God before they ate the apple? Yeah. <laughs> No, you're not really. I think it's, I think we see glimpses of unity as much as we see glimpses of God at work and we see glimpses of God's kingdom in the world because the world isn't perfect and we're living in this in-between time. And I think unity is much deeper than just liking the same music or being in the same church. It's much deeper than that. It's calling each other brothers and sisters. It's giving our lives for each other. It's um, being one with someone, even if you don't like them. You know, there's a lot more than. that. And we will talk a little bit about what um, unity is um but obviously yeah when adam and eve ate the apple then the unity with god was broken and also the unity with each other and we see that all the way through the bible that relationships don't work and because people are selfish i suppose and disunity doesn't happen i think that's the main cause of disunity is selfishness and (laughs) peter's on fire today um but i think disunity in the church um like with adam and eve happens whenever um we choose ourselves. We choose our own will um, over God. Um, and. Mm. Yeah. 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 I think all the secondary, tertiary, smaller things get lost in it when you're, yeah, particularly in persecution. Um, In in Ephesians 3, it's uh, Paul prays for the church in Ephesus that Christ might dwell in their hearts. And this is another bit about kind of, can we experience experience God's love completely? So Ephesians 3, it says, uh, Paul prays for the church in Ephesus that Christ might dwell in their hearts, that they may be rooted and grounded in love, that they may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints the love of Christ. He doesn't say that... We would know it on an individual basis, although obviously we can know God's love on an individual basis. But I don't know, when I think about times, particular times where I've experienced God's love more, it probably is in community. So it's between me and God, but it's because maybe someone has sung, someone has spoken about something, something has shared someone from the Bible, um, that I've experienced um, God's love. Um, and I think we experience God's love, the breadth and width and height of God's love, um, more if we're in community than we are in isolation, more if we're unified uh, than we're not. Um, and I think, and we'll look at it in, in a few moments, uh, when the church is united, um, the world notice, notices. Any questions on that? Thoughts on that? Statements? Yeah. Yeah, and and I suppose I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Um. So, Dallas, you're saying that, or do you want to speak up, or do you want to insert? Yeah, I know. Um, you're saying that it is. It must be possible in some ways to experience God's love. Um. Even though, yeah, the world is in a mess. Yeah, and yeah, I completely agree. I think we see. Glimpse of it, but I don't think it's—it's it's obviously not perfect because the world isn't perfect, and we don't have Revelation 21, and we don't have those statements about things. So I think we do get in glimpses, but we don't fully understand it. And I think if we were more united, we would know God's more love more. I think. Mm-hmm. yeah mm. Yeah, and i think i think we can experience god's love as individuals as well when we go through something we know god's walking with us or beside us or he's answered prayer or whatever it might be i think we do we do get a glimpse and we do understand god's love as individuals but i think there's something particular about when we're unified and when we're in community together as well um i didn't really expect the questions thing to work for people to be shouting up stuff as much sorry uh it's good though <coughs> um I think like it was interesting there when uh, B prayed earlier about um, thinking I suppose about the the theme of unity and I think when she prayed about the stuff that we've heard about in Tume and in different places around and politicians I suppose are slow to apologize because they weren't directly responsible but Belinda sure yeah I think I can forgive anyone Well, no, I we wouldn't forgive him for doing it. We'd forgive him because he's a forgiving God and he forgives us. But I think the um, the thing with Tum, with like, yeah, politicians don't seem to apologize because then it means it has implications for them to pay out and to do X, Y, and Z, whatever. But Belinda ap- prayed and apologized on behalf of the church because the thing is that we're, if we're a body together, then although we weren't directly involved and it's not our denomination or it's not our area or it's not our place where we live because we're part of God's body, like if a hand hurts, the whole body hurts. And because something like that's happened, we own that as well. We're part of that body. We're not responsible for it, but God's um, God's image and God is affected. <clears throat> yeah, there's been lots of discussion about it um, throughout the... Hmm. I know Yeah, yeah, and it, we get so caught up in and there's hundreds and hundreds and thousands of books written on the and it, there's uh, on written on kind of specific things and small things that aren't the most important thing and when we say diversity is important in unity it's good that we have different views and things and churches look different and some do kids songs and some don't even sing that's good that we have that diversity but Unity is much deeper than just how we run a service, or how we pray, or how we do any of those things. But I still think there'll be diversity within that. Because people singing in different languages still will happen. It's fun. <laughs> it's true. Um, um, so... I think unity has been established by God through Jesus and our role is there to value it and to maintain it and not look for ways to break uh, unity. God desires one of God's, and we'll look at in John 17, which Peter mentioned earlier, a massive desire of God is for unity. So how do we maintain a value unity? Is there something that you can see in Ephesians 4 there on your page or is there something you can think about? What does it mean for us to maintain value unity? I'm going to suggest one or two things. Hopefully, you might suggest them before that. Is <laughs> it a saying that people might be drunk when they're told or not? And it said, definitely is a great member. And I don't accept that. I think the
1: drunk is a great member. Because Jesus died, that means that all of us needed to be stuck And that means that none of us are women. Hmm. Uh, yeah. a, you know, I mean, Jesus doesn't grant us the cause of going He doesn't do that. But maybe all of us on the cross. So it's, it's, it's a complete failure. And that kind of because none of us.
0: yeah and i think that it was up on the screen earlier and it's at the start of ephesians 4 there where it talks about at the very start it talks about um one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Father of all. And I think it is um, when we have Christ and we uh, say that we're Christ followers and we follow Christ, then we are united and we are one. Um, I think sometimes, and Wendy, what you're saying there about we're accepted, we're forgiven for kind of who we are and not what we bring to the table. I think sometimes we can get, well, then that's it. I'm, I'm forgiven. I am a Christian and that's all I need to do. But Ephesians 4 talks a bit about kind of what we need to do. How do we live out our faith? And also, because of we, the way we live out our faith, how then unity comes about. Um, if, in, in chapters 1, 2, and 3, and we've looked at it as we looked at Ephesians, if Jesus dying and rising makes a difference in our lives, then we need to, to live that out. Um, and going right back to, uh was it, verse 2? It says, um, or verse one, um, Paul says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. And I think this is one thing that we can do, living a life worthy. um, And I think sometimes we think of what's a worthy life, like at the end of life, you say, what have I done? What have I achieved? What are those things? You know, as a Christian or as a business person, it might be that you've started a business, you've raised a certain amount of money, uh, you have two yachts, you have nine houses, whatever it might be. I think as Christians, you could do it as, well, I, I told X amount of people about um, Jesus, or I started seven churches, or I've uh, wrote seven worship songs, whatever it might be. We we think of these as worthy. But actually, Paul um, says in verse two, be completely humble and gentle, be patient and bearing with one another in love. Um Another version says loving intoler or a a loving tolerance um, for each other, and I think this is simply what it means to live a life worthy. And I think if we do these things, then, and if we all do these things, then I think we see unity, because each of us are looking to God and looking to each other before we look to ourselves. Um, Yeah. Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I still think we'd probably be trying to earn and do the right thing and please God and and do those things. And I think it would have just died out because then everything that Jesus said up before that would have just been rubbish when he talks about that he's going to go to heaven or that he's God. Well, then he wouldn't. It would have been a lot more difficult, I'd imagine, as a church, and probably wouldn't have survived. Um but the thing that uh Paul talks about in verse two, it's kind of quite simple and dull. And I suppose I think uh, um is it Micah six eight where it says, um Um, this what I this what I ask of you, walk humbly, love mercy, act justly. Yeah. it's it simply it's the kind of simple things. It's not about achieving um lots. Um and I think if we live a life that's arrogant or brash or uh, fosters disunity and we live for ourselves and our will, well, then we won't see unity happen because we're all just choosing our own thing. It's fairly obvious. Um, <clears throat> but I think sometimes the church and Christians are known for um, disunity, known for arrogance, known for opinions, and known for those things and not known for unity, um, and I think when we when we see some of these words be completely humble and gentle, patient, bearing one another in love, we can kind of think of ourselves as doormats or dirt, and that's not what we're talking about here. I saw I read something there. It says um, we're neither worms nor God. And I think sometimes people view themselves as not worthy, and you know, oh, it's just me. And then other people think they're um, they're God, like Adam and Eve did, um, <coughs> celebrity Christians, whatever it is. Um, But we need a proper uh, kind of self-understanding. We're marvelous relational creatures in the image of God intended for relationship with God. And without God, we have no meaning. Humans are intended to be something great, but in the process of trying to be that, we have become self-centered and self-seeking. And we, like Adam, say to God, not your will, God, but mine. Um, So I think living a life worthy, being humble, gentle, and those things creates unity with each other. Whether it's the people here or whether it's us and our relationship with other churches or other Christians, it's a crucial thing. Um, And the resources and the the ability to love the people who are unlike us comes from Jesus, comes from the Holy Spirit. Um, That's where where it starts. Um, But I think we need to uh, rediscover a sense of what it means to be called by Jesus and how that means... Um, To live. Because in in the end of Ephesians 4, it talks a lot about um, other things, kind of vices and sins and these other things. Um, Where it talks about, like, don't steal, don't be angry, or don't let um, the sun set on your anger. It doesn't say don't be angry. Um, Don't, uh, you know, people who speak uh, falsehoods. Those are the things that create disunity. They're the things that break unity when people um, choose themselves. Um, steal because that's what they want and it doesn't matter if it affects someone else. Those are the things that break unity. But if we were to be humble and patient and gentle, then that creates unity. So part of it is how we live, how we do that, relying on the Holy Spirit and Jesus to enable us to do that. Um, uh, And I think it mentions the Gentiles in the second half of Ephesians 4, but it talks about the Gentiles earlier on. It talks about them being welcomed in To the church as well Um, and that's a massive thing for for people back then to invite people who were so far removed from God and so beyond their expectations that they could be in unity with them I think it's different for us you know the Catholic Protestant thing probably isn't as big a thing as it was in the past Uh, rich poor black white male female whatever it is um, uh, uh, (coughs) for Jews and Gentiles to come together is a a big thing and I think when we talk about unity, it's not just trying to be happy and agree on stuff. We're looking at unity in Christ, as Marion said there earlier. Um, the second thing, which I just want to say, and then we can um, throw out more questions if you have any. The second we need to do is, um, is living out our gifting or our calling. It talks about we're given grace um, to do things. And I think sometimes we can get, I do believe God gives us gifts, individual gifts. Some of them are mentioned there. Some of them are mentioned in other places. But it talks about also that people are a gift to the church. Um, that each one of us uh, brings something different. Like um, in the fire service, um, each one of us brings something. And unity happens and is created when we we give ourselves to each other. When we give ourselves as a gift to each other. And you know, it talks about lots of different gifts people who teach, people who prophesy, people who serve, people who lead, people who do all these different things. And I think when we do that well, and when that happens, like the fire engine, um, then we get unity and we're um, uh, on a kind of a common track or doing the same thing. Um, And I think when we look at each other, it's not that someone is better than someone else because they're doing this or that or whatever it might be. We're equal in it. We all have a purpose. Um, so we're, I think, part of God's hope and desire in redeeming the world, uniting heaven with earth is happening, is ongoing, and we're part of that. And God uses us, his people, for that purpose. So we're called to live out the calling we've received, not as celebrities and not as worms, um, but with humility, gentleness, patientness, and loving tolerance. But we also need to recognize that we're different. we all have different gifts and different things that we bring to this community, but also different things that we bring to the worldwide church. Um, and God empowers us to do that. Um, oh, I forgot my Bible. Where did anyone have a Bible on them? I so said, we'll grab one. Um, ah, thanks, Tegan. Um, there's one particular um, passage uh, that I read a good while back. Um, and i was thinking of preparing a talk and, and thinking about um about unity. Um and i came across this passage with, uh, which peter mentioned there, um John 17 and there's a point in it where Jesus is just before um he goes to the cross and he prays to god. He says to god, um i've completed what you've asked me to do. He prays for the disciples who were with him, with them there and then. But then and this was the most amazing thing when i read it, um My goodness, this is a nice old version. Thanks for that taken. Um, He talks about the disciples saying, don't take them out of the world, leave them in the world, um, that they may uh, tell people about me. Um, And then in verse 20, it says, neither do I pray for those disciples alone, just the ones who are here. But he says, I also pray for those who will believe in their words, those who are to come. And when I read that, it struck me that actually Jesus is praying for us. He's praying for the church today. So he, as he stands there, before he goes to the cross, 2,000 years ago, Jesus has prayed a prayer for his church today. His church 100 years ago and the church in 100 years' time. But he prays a prayer for us. And this, say again, it was his last prayer. Exactly, and longest prayer. And this is what he says. He, um, he says, um, this is what he prays for. This is, so he's, he's praying. The disciples have heard it. And this is what Jesus prays for the future church. He says, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, and I are one. Like, they might be one like us, that the world may believe that, the, that you have sent me. So he's prayed that the church will be as unified, as united, as the Father is with Jesus. And when we look at the the relationship of Father and Jesus, it's it's just completely together they understand each other jesus obedient to what the father has asked and that's what he prays that's what jesus prays for us here today and the church in ireland that we may be united together and that just blew me away thinking that jesus prayed that for us for the church and i think the more i think about it i think it's the bible is prophetic but i think it's maybe a word for for us today not not just here in black rock but the church in ireland that actually unity is Hugely important on God's heart. It's what Jesus has prayed here for us. And and, and, and as a result of that unity, it says that the world will believe. The world will notice. So because of the unity that we have, if our relationships with each other and with other churches and with other Christians are like that, the world will notice. And I think... Yeah, I think unity is a huge thing from God's heart. We saw right from the beginning, Adam and Eve, right through the Old Testament, as He tries to call people back to Him. As He puts kings and judges and lots of people to lead His people back to Him. We see it in the New Testament when Jesus is creates that unity again uh, with God, and this is something that Jesus prays for us. And how do we pursue that? How do we forget about the things that are unimportant and love our fellow Christians, even the ones we don't like and the ones in other churches who believe we're slightly weird things, but we should be united in Christ. Yes. Yes. yeah Yeah, I don't know I, I like was it that they just had no expectation that they'd see him they didn't actually So they gave up on him you know they gave up they probably went back to their fishing they went back to the things and just it's like sometimes when you meet someone out of the blue in a completely different context and you for a moment you don't recognize him I don't know or was it a like on the wo- sorry yeah yeah I know I know yeah and I suppose he like he did and he shows the scars and eventually they do see it and they do see him and the holy spirit sent and the church goes but yeah no it is a bit weird how they could walk on that journey for so long and be talking to him and not realize it's him unless he was wearing a mask or a hood or something I don't know or he just you know he blinded them to it anyway that went a lot longer than I thought sorry I wasn't really expecting people to contribute but thanks for it I did want it but just didn't expect it um yeah let me just uh anyone else any comments yeah it's a hard one i think it's pursuing the yeah pursuing relationships and i think it's it's not fixing our eyes on community on unity it's fixing our eyes on jesus sorry Alex.
1: Okay. <coughs> All this, the and that's 95% of most Labour Christian nominating theology there in the 19th grade and the 2nd grade is 5% of the art So what we've done as a church is we put the 2nd grade primary so we're not right. saying that they're not important but they're 2nd grade so we've got trans, uh, women in leadership and same type of all this stuff we put it as a primary Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of the yeah, yeah. We have all the <laughs> and we'll so, yeah. and you know. yeah.
0: yeah. Any other things? Good. Um, let's pray and we'll uh, sing. Thank you for, uh, for contributing. Thanks for, I know it's slightly weird when you do something a bit different and you have sheets in front of you, but I've really, it's really been great to hear what other people think about stuff and people turn out comments and questions. It's really, it's a great way to learn. I've learned more than if I'd just spoken. And you're more grateful that I didn't just speak. So let's pray.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Father, we thank you for Jesus. And Father, I thank you that each one of us here If we say we believe in Jesus and follow Jesus, that's the most important thing. Whether we're Catholic or Protestant or whether we're non-denominational or whatever, the other labels that we put in ourselves, um, that's the thing that unites us together. Jesus, um, who established that unity that we can have with the Father in heaven and creates glimpses of unity between us as followers of Jesus. And Father, we we pray that we may understand your heart for unity and not just a superficial unity that smile at each other or we do the odd event together but actually deep unity where we care for each other and we, we lay down our lives for each other that we um, get alongside one another that we celebrate with each other that we celebrate what God is doing in different places and in different churches that we're not jealous over those things but that we might celebrate that you're at work. So Father, I pray for free unity within the churches in, in this land. Let's pray that your Holy Spirit will break through, that people might um, remember what it's all about, that we might focus on the 95%, on the 95% and not the 5%. Father, we might be right, reminded again that we're called to follow Jesus. And I pray that those words that Jesus prayed, that the prayer that he prayed for the future church, that they may be united, that it may be one, and that that's how the world will know who you are, and they'll know your love. So, we pray for your Holy Spirit that you might fill each one of us as we share together and love each other, and encourage one another, but also pray that your Holy Spirit will send us out and will send us knowing that we are part of a much, 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 much bigger church, a church that is around this globe, um, who have the same Father in heaven and who believe in the same Jesus. Father, yeah, give us a, a much bigger picture that we might know that we are part of a a much greater thing.